0: Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. Good morning. morning. Welcome. And to those at our Vallejo campus, welcome. It's great to have you with us again, those joining us online. We are beginning a brand new series uh, this week. It's actually going to be all the way through the summer one of the things that we discovered is that when we take an extended time and work our way through a whole book of the Bible, or a couple of years ago, we went all the way through from Genesis to Revelation, um, it, but it, there's something that we all grow together. And um, the reason we're doing this is, is really goes back to way back um, my growing up years. Most of you know, I kind of grew up in church. I was attending church before I knew what I was doing. Uh, my folks were or, uh, church attenders. My grandparents were church attenders. Uh, my aunts were my uncles, my cousins, our whole family went to church. And um, and I was I was really, um, I was a good, good church kid. Uh, I learned, you know, I, was, I got the perfect attendance in Sunday school, uh, year after year after year. Uh, we used to have something called sword drills. Anybody know what that is? Okay. If you don't, here's what it was. A sword drill, it's kind of based on the scripture that says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And so we started calling our Bible swords and we would have sword drills and a sword drill was who could look up the scripture verse the fastest and so what would happen is we would sit in our Sunday school classroom sit on our chair with our um, Bible in hand and the Sunday school teacher would give us the reference verse and then we'd have to and then he would say charge and then we would you know go through it we'd find it and whoever was the first one to stand up one, the sword drill, and then they got to read whatever the scripture verse was. I was so good at sword drills, they actually gave me a handicap. Yeah, I had to. Everybody else got to start with the Bible in their hand. I had to have this Bible under my chair. So it just you know, give the people a little you know, two-second head start in front of me. I, I, Man, I was great at Sunday school. I filled out my quarterly. I know my memory verses. I did sword drills. I got the gold star on the chart. I knew all the answers. Or at least I thought I did. Here's kind of the thing. Here's the thing: is that as long as I was doing well, I felt really good about myself. And and what happened was that I kind of got a little prideful about all of that, and a little judgmental about those who weren't doing so well. But then, in those times when I wasn't doing so well, I felt like I was unacceptable and disqualified. Because pretty much my whole relationship with God was based on a reward system. And, and, and it wasn't until I went through a very difficult time in my life, um, so much so that all of those pat answers didn't work for me anymore. And all that knowledge that I thought I had didn't mean anything anymore. And all of my best efforts were not good enough anymore. And it was a very, very difficult time in my life, um, particularly spiritually, But what it did was it brought me to a place where I kind of pushed all that other stuff out of the side and for the first time, my relationship with Jesus became real. And I think there's a lot of us who know how to go through the motions and know all the pad answers. And maybe that's you. Maybe you think you, maybe you know all the answers or at least you think you do, okay? What I'm gonna suggest is for the next 14 weeks as we go through the book of John is clear the slate. Okay, push all that, all those preconceived ideas, all those things that you think you know, because I'm going to tell you, you don't know what you think you know. And, 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 and if you're here and maybe you're reengaging in, in faith because you kind of got fed up with everything and you got burned and you walked away from it all, and, and maybe you're just at that point where you're just kind of trying to reconnect and reengage with God. Um, this is for you as well. Maybe you're here and you have no church background at all, no Bible knowledge at all. You're welcome because together we're going to go through all of this and we're going to learn about God. Here's what John writes in the introduction, among other things that he writes. In his introduction, he says this, No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. In other words, if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. If you want to know God, be in a relationship with Jesus because no one's ever seen him, but he has come to make himself known. And so for the next the 14 weeks, we are going to get to know Jesus. And I'm going to encourage you, no matter what you think you know, just push it all off to the side right now. And let's start together and discover. Because you're going to learn a lot about God that you didn't know before. You're going to learn about Jesus that you didn't know before. And what it's going to do is it's going to make it become real for you. To help you do that, inside your bulletin, there should be one of these. This is a devotional guide. What we are doing, uh, we did this actually when we went through the book of Luke about four or five years ago. Um, This is a devotional guide. You will get one of these each and every week. There will be an insert in your bulletin. Each member of our pastoral staff is writing a weekly devotional. And there's a reading plan on the front. There's five readings, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday, you can take the day off or you can reflect on everything that you read. Um, And then uh, on Sunday, we're going to talk about what you've been reading. The devotional guide is to give you a thought to ponder um, as you go through that reading. So I'm going to encourage you to take this home with you. If you didn't get a bulletin on the way out, um, you can stop by the information desk. We have extras of these, but pick one up when you go on vacation, take it with you. Um, we're going to keep, keep connected with each other online if we can, um, but I want to go through this journey together as a church, and together we're going to discover Jesus in a way that we never did before. Today we're going to start in chapter one, and we're kind of skipping past the introduction, and we're going to go right to the very first calling of the first four disciples that Jesus called. It's found in chapter one, beginning in verse 35, if you want to follow along. Let me kind of set it up a little bit. This comes at a point where John the Baptist has been out baptizing people. The religious leaders have come and say, who are you? What are you doing? What are you talking about? And, and the one thing that John kept saying is this isn't about me. It's about the one that's coming after me. He's greater than I am. He's the one I'm pointing to. I just come to prepare the way. And one day Jesus shows up and he sees Jesus coming and he points to him and he says, that's the one. That's the one I've been talking about. The Lamb of God. Behold, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. And then the very next day, he sees Jesus coming again. And that's where we pick up the story. Verse 35. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them and following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Simon, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard John say that who had heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. Next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. In that little section, the calling of those first four followers, we learned some things. And, and one big important thing, and here's the big takeaway for today. So if like you want to sleep for the next 20 minutes or so, just write this one down, okay? Anyone can be a follower of Jesus. That's the main idea in all of this, that anyone can be a follower of Jesus, no matter what your experience, no matter what your background, no matter what your preconceived ideas or what you don't have any idea about, anyone can be a follower of Jesus, a lot of people have this preconceived ideas that, that, that there are prerequisites to follow Jesus. There are things like, well, if you, if you start doing this, this, and this, then you can be a follower of Jesus. Or, or if you'll only stop doing this, that, and the other, then you become a follower of Jesus. But that's not true. Anyone can become a follower of Jesus. Everybody's journey is different. Everybody's story is different, even from the baptism stories that we heard this morning. People come to Jesus in all kinds of different ways. The question is, are you willing to follow? We come from different experiences, from different expectations. Jesus' first four followers all came from a wide variety. You have first, on the, on the one side, you have Andrew. Andrew was one of the disciples of John the Baptist before he became a follower of Jesus. Now, if you were a follower of John the Baptist, that was pretty hardcore. That was radical because John the Baptist, he was kind of out there. Okay, he lived in the wilderness. He lived off the land. Um, He wore animal skins, you know, for clothing. Um, Nobody could kind of figure this guy out, the religious leader, but they could tell there was something about him. He was talking about God in a way that nobody had ever heard before. So anybody that was a follower of John the Baptist, they were ready. I mean, for years they had heard John saying, it's not about me. It's about the one to come. It's not about me. It's about the one to come. I'm just here to prepare the way. So when Jesus shows up and he says, that's the guy, they're ready. First thing they do is they just go and they start following Jesus. It says, when John saw Jesus passing by, he says, Look, the Lamb of God. Then, when two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? What do you want? Well, we've been, we've been hearing all about you. We've been telling, being told you're the one, you're the one. Now that you're here, we want to follow you. They were like early adopters. They were ready to go. They were just, just say the word, just point me in the right direction and I'll be there. At the other end of the spectrum, you have Nathaniel. Nathaniel is a skeptic, okay? He is cynical. He is not so sure about this Jesus character. Jesus calls Philip to follow him. And Philip goes, just like um, Andrew did with, with his brother, Philip goes and finds Nathanael, his friend. And he says to him this We have found the one Jesus, that Moses spoke about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael's response is, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? See, he's not so sure. Here's what you need to understand. These guys were all from the region of Galilee. Now, Galilee was about the furthest you could be from Jerusalem, which is where everything really happened. And so they were con- kind of considered country bumpkins, okay? They were, like, way out there on the fringe. They were, you know, they, didn't, they weren't educated. They didn't know a whole lot. And so everybody, like, in Jerusalem, all the learned and scholarly people, they would, they would look at the whole area of Galilee, and they would say, pfft, why would, we, why would anybody care about what those guys have to say? So, so in the pecking order, like anybody from Galilee area, they were like at the bottom of the pecking order. But here's the thing, even in Galilee, there was a pecking order. And, and in the pecking order in Galilee, at the bottom of that was Nazareth. So it's like, you know, well, we're country folk, but those people, they're like, you know, they're idiots. <laughs> and so he's skeptical about the whole thing. The one thing he does, though, is he goes and checks it out. And that's the idea. Having questions, having doubts, being skeptical, doesn't disqualify you from following Jesus. Sometimes I have people, people have all kinds of different hang-ups when it comes to following Jesus. I have people say to me things like, you know what, you, you believe that creation stuff? It's I can't believe, it. how can I be, how can I follow Jesus? I don't even believe in the creation story. So what? Just follow. Well, what about all that Old Testament stuff? You know, all that violence and all that stuff. And what's up with all those sacrifices? You know, I I just—I don't—I can't follow Jesus. I don't know if I agree with all that stuff. You don't have to. Just start following. You don't even have to be a believer to start following Jesus. All of Jesus' disciples—none of them were believers at the start. They just started following. In fact, as we go through the Gospel of John, one of the things you're going to find is over and over and over again, John's going to say things like Jesus did this and and they believed. Jesus said this and they believed. It was a three year process of learning how to believe. And it says in John, it wasn't until Jesus was resurrected that any of this stuff made any sense to them. And they truly did believe. It took them three years, a crucifixion and a resurrection to get there. So if you find yourself today really skeptical about the whole thing and not sure you can buy everything that's written in the Bible. I'm just telling you, you can go ahead and start following Jesus right now. Because anyone can follow Jesus. And here's what you find. That anyone who follows will find in him complete acceptance. Acceptance. Complete acceptance. Because people matter to God more than anything else. It is all relational. That's what Jesus invites us into. He invites us into a relationship. And with every one of his followers, he meets them right where they are. And he accepts them right where they are. Uniquely different, but graciously accepted. And that relationship is really what what those first two followers were looking for. They were followers of John the Baptist, but when he points to Jesus and they start coming after Jesus, Jesus turns around and he says to them, "Um, what do you want? And they say to him, where are you staying? Rabbi, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. Now we have no idea what they talked about. We have no, John doesn't tell us what the conversation was like, what Jesus said. All we know is this, the more time they spent with him, the more they felt at home. The more they followed him, the more they felt his acceptance. And they continued to follow. What started out with an invitation to just come and see became a life-changing journey for all of them. What they were looking for was a relationship. And what they found was a relationship. They hung out with him. They hung out with him for a whole day. And what you find is, in his acceptance, he sees something in you that you don't even see in yourself. He knows something about you and he knows how to bring out the best in you that you don't even know is there. That's what happens with Simon. Andrew goes and finds his brother Simon. He brings him to him, and Jesus sees him coming. He gets there, and it says this, that Jesus looked at him, and he said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which, when translated, is Peter, which means literally rock. Now, if you know anything about Peter and his experience, and as you're going to find as we go through this for the next 14 weeks, he was anything but a rock. But Jesus saw something in him, and he's saying, I believe in you. There's something in you you don't even see in yourself, but I'm going to bring it out in you. Because God's intent for you is the very, very best. And he will draw it out of you. He intends the best for you. And that's what happened to Peter as he started following. Even skeptics like Nathaniel found acceptance in Jesus. When Nathanael finally does come, it says that when Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, this is what he said of him. Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. In other words, he says, I know he's a skeptic, but at least he's honest about his skepticism. I know he's got doubts, but at least he's honest about his doubts. Here's the thing that you'll find all throughout this gospel, all throughout all the the gospels. Jesus was looking for people who were real more than he was looking for people who were good. And what he saw in Nathaniel was someone who was real. This guy's a straight shooter. He's not going to play the games. He's not going to pretend anything. He's going to be open and honest about everything. That, i got to believe, was a little unsettling for Nathaniel. Because he says, how do you know me? He says, oh, well, I saw you under the fig tree long before Philip even called you. Which means I kind of, it doesn't say this, but I'm kind of thinking Nathaniel's going to go, oh, man, he knows. He knows. He knows. He knows what I said. I wonder if he just kind of wanted to say, you know, Jesus I didn't mean anything by that comment about Nazareth. You know, you're a good guy. It doesn't matter. He is fully accepted. And that's the deal. See, when you start turning towards Jesus, you find Jesus starts turning toward you. In fact, he's already been turning toward you. And you will be fully accepted just the way that you are. And here's one more thing. That anyone who follows can also invite someone else along anyone who's a follower can invite someone else. Both Andrew and Philip had the same thing. Once they found Jesus, they couldn't keep it to themselves. They had to go and tell somebody else. In fact, it says Andrew, it was the first thing that he did. The first thing that he did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, "We have found the Messiah, that's the Christ," and brought him to Jesus. He said, "I can't keep this to myself. This is, I got to tell somebody about this. I got to tell my brother about this." Isn't that true? Of just about any good thing, any great thing, discovery that you make, you've got to tell somebody about it. You, you know, you 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 see a good movie and you just tell them, man, you got to see this movie. It's it's great, man. It was so good. You got to see this movie. You find a TV series that you like. You tell people, you got to watch this. This is a great series. You got to watch this stuff. You read a good book. You do still read books, don't you? Okay. You read a good book. You say, man, you got to read this book. This is a great book. It's what we do. When we make it a great discovery, you find a great restaurant. You tell your friends, man, you got to go to this restaurant. It's like the best food. you got to try the Mongolian pork chop. Mongolian pork chop. you got to try it. It's just great stuff. It's what we do. But somehow when it comes to sharing our relationship with Jesus, we get all weird. There are some people who just get overly pushy. And it's just like, you know, boom, 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 and just keep hammering at people. And it's like people see you coming and they go the other way. They want nothing to do with you because it's just too much for them. And then there's others of us, we just get, we just freeze up and we don't say a thing. We don't tell anybody about it. And it doesn't have to be that weird. I mean, here, think about this show of hands, how many in this room became a follower of Jesus because someone else told you about him? Yeah. Because that's the way that it happens. It happens because somebody told you. How many in this room would say, it was the worst thing they ever told me about? i better not be in hands going up on that one. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're glad that they told you about him. Doesn't have to be weird. In fact, it's as simple, it's as, simple as this. When, when Nathaniel says, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Philip doesn't have to give him the answer. He doesn't have to defend Jesus. He doesn't have to have all the answers. All he says is, come and see. Just check it out for yourself. Just, just, just come and see. You know, It's not your job to convince somebody. It's not your job to talk them into something. It is not your job to make it all make sense to them. That's not your job. That's not my job. My job is simply to say to people, come and see. Come, check it out and everything about our church has been geared with that philosophy in mind we we say one of our core values is redemptive relationships what that means is that i believe that every person in my life and everyone in whose life god has placed me he has put me there for a reason for his eternal purposes and he put me in that person's life and them in my life so that I could help them find Jesus. And all you got to do is just say, Come and see. Our whole church, our, our, we began this church, our mission as a church was to help unchurched people become wholehearted followers of Jesus Christ. And so that's why we teach the way that we teach. It's why we sing the songs that we sing. It's why we do the lights and the staging and all that thing. Because we want people to be able to come and see. And all you've got to do and all I've got to do is say to our friends, just come and check it out. If you never come back again, that's fine. That's your decision. But you've got to at least come once and check it out. Come And see, the reason that is our whole philosophy of ministry around here is because of this simple thing, that what we just talked about today is we believe that everyone and anyone is invited to follow. And we believe that everyone and anyone will be accepted no matter what. And we believe that anyone and everyone can become a follower of Jesus. It's there for everybody. Would you bow your heads with me? And for those on our Vallejo campus, your, um, your campus director is going to be there to walk you through this. This is a decision making place, okay? This is what we believe is that there is a response that is required of us when God's word is spoken, when God's word is read. That there's some response on our part. And this is a moment of response. So whether you're at the Vallejo campus or here in Benicia, I'm just going to ask you, where are you at? Are you following? Which means, are you engaged right now? Or are you just going through the motions, pretending it's all going good, but the truth is the pat answers aren't cutting it for you anymore? Or are you here looking for a way to re engage? Wherever you're at, the question is, are you following now? And if there's some aspect of your life that's not truly following, if if you're tired of the pat answers, if you're tired of going through the motions and playing the game and just say, God, I want to get real. I want to get real with you today. If there's any way in any part of your life that you're saying, I have been holding back. I've been holding back. Today, I'm giving in. I want to follow. It's one step of faith at a time. And if that describes you in any way and you're willing to say, okay, God, today I'm getting real. I want to follow you. I want to hit that reset button. I want to re-engage. I want to follow you. And if that describes you in any way, I want to pray for you and lead you into prayer as we close. And if it is, would you just raise your hand and hold it up and look up and catch my eye because I want to acknowledge you and, and let you know I'm going to pray together for you. Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're here today and you've never taken a first step of faith. Maybe you've been attending church for a long, long time, but it's never been real for you. And maybe for you it's really a first step of faith. And you're just willing to say, God, here I am. And I know you see things in me that I don't see in myself. And I know there's things about myself that I hope you don't see, but I'm going to come clean. And I'm just going to say, here I am with my faults, my failures, my doubts and questions. But I'm willing to say today, I'm making a decision to follow you. Maybe it's a step of baptism, whatever it might be. But today you're going to make a first step of faith. Would you just, same thing, raise your hand for a moment. Hold it up. Catch my eye. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm just going to invite you to make this your prayer. Lord, here I am with my going through the motions, with my pat answers, with my doubts, my questions, my fears. My sin and my failures, God I I, I, I want to be real with you, and so I 'm just bring, laying it all out in front of you, and I 'm just saying, by your grace, would you bring forgiveness to my life? Would you take that work that you did for me on the cross, that payment that you made on my behalf, would you cancel that debt of sin in my life today? I want to put my life in your hands, and whether that's a first time decision or a renewal of a decision I made a long time ago. Lord, the prayer is the same. Take me as I am. I'm putting my life in your hands. Fill me with your grace. Forgive me of my sin. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.